Hey everyone, welcome back to The Negotiation, and on today's show we talk with Elizabeth Campbell, Senior Director, Global Marketing Communications at Cole Morgan, discussing her experiences working in marketing and communications within the Chinese market. Elizabeth considers the building of their digital marketing capabilities to be a critical part of the overall growth strategy for success in China. We dive into the pay-per-click differences between the West and East. We talk about her experiences building on-the-ground marketing teams in China, right down to the job description, and discuss how data is gathered in China and leveraging custom-built analytics software to translate it. Elizabeth, what does China or a Chinese company do well that impresses you the most, and why? That's a good question. It's, it's really two things. The first is the openness of China marketing teams. To experiment with new ways to market, and the enthusiasm and the passion that they bring to that type of experimentation. Then the second part of it is really the speed at which they do it. I don't see that speed anywhere else in the world. Home to over four billion people, the Asia-Pacific region boasts one of the most powerful consumer markets on the planet. Not only is it home to half the world's under 30 population, but it's also home to more than half the world's internet users. It's a market no globally minded brand should ignore. But entering markets like China is no easy task. Just ask the likes of Microsoft, Google, Uber, and Facebook. Times are changing, and with the right partners, doors are slowly opening as more and more companies find success expanding into the markets of the Middle Kingdom. I myself spent eight years in China, mostly as a venture capitalist, helping early stage tech companies enter the Asia Pacific market successfully. This show is dedicated to uncovering and examining successful China entry and growth strategies by interviewing the people behind those success stories. My name is Todd Embley, and welcome to the negotiation. Brought to you by WPIC Marketing and Technologies. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. So, as I ask most people when they come on the show, please tell me a little bit about how you ended up in China. If you weren't born in China, there's always a good story about how you ended up there and what you've been doing there. So, please share that with our audience. Sure, I've been working in global marketing communications teams at two different companies now. For the last six or seven years, and as part of the work to lead those teams,、um, I've had the opportunity to go to China and to work in very close partnership with the marketing teams in China that are working with the local sales general managers to build our business, build our brand,、um, identify new customers, and and tap into to new markets in China. My role was created with the recognition that、um, to grow into new markets and to go beyond our existing customers and build our business with new with new companies, we needed to do more to leverage marketing,、um, both to build the brand, but also to create that interest in our products and help to identify new leads and new opportunities for our salespeople. So.、Um, I think, as is the case for many B two B companies,、uh, when you have an existing business and a good group of salespeople, they feel very comfortable leveraging the traditional approaches、uh, to marketing, things like trade shows and sales presentations, brochures and collaterals, printed materials,、um, print advertising, to keep the brand、uh, in the minds of their customers. However, Everywhere around the world,、um, there are lots of statistics about the change in the way that B two B customers are doing research ahead of a purchase. We know they're leveraging digital to do their own 
investigation and, and evaluation of options before they ever call a salesperson. So really to build your business, um, as was the case for both of these companies that I've worked with, um, bringing in a team that understood the potential of those digital marketing activities and started to build up the digital programs was a critical part of the overall growth strategy. And that was especially true in China. So how long ago was it that you first started dipping your toe in China? It was about six years ago now that um, that I first started looking into digital marketing in China and, and starting to build up some programs there. We started initially um, with paid search and making sure that we were leveraging paid search to to build awareness and drive lead generation, drive traffic to our website. And, um, and then we followed that with a, a focus on SEO. But in our minds at the time, PPC paid search um, with Baidu in particular was kind of low hanging fruit for us to, to get more people to come to the site, especially new customers, get leads and have the opportunity to make those connections with those potential customers directly through our own web property. Tell us a little bit about from your experience of maybe doing PPC in the West and a little bit about what you learned and how different was. How did you cut your teeth on learning how the PPC world works in China versus how you maybe were used to it uh, working in the West? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question because there were some differences. I mean, right off the bat um, in the U.S. and even in Europe, we were expecting, coming from that background, we expected that maybe 30% of the traffic to the site would come from paid search, and the bulk of it would be coming from SEO um, with some good optimization programs um, focused on the website. When we came into China, it was the opposite. You know, paid search, um, we were able to quickly ramp that up to be driving the majority of the traffic to the site. And the SEO contribution was much smaller because there's so much more competition for that organic ad space. So the strategy around PPC in China was very different from what it was in the U.S. because in the U.S. we were using PPC just to augment the SEO traffic. We were using it to bid on um, terms that we couldn't, you know, we had trouble ranking for with SEO or for specific campaigns that were focused on specific keywords that we didn't have time to build into the site. In China, PPC was really the bread and butter. It was it was the huge channel for driving traffic to the site. So the keywords we were bidding on and, and the level of investment that we were making there was was quite a bit different and quite a bit higher than what we were doing in other other areas. There was a huge amount of search volume to tap into there. Did you have to build your own team to start taking care of this uh, in China for, for you guys? We really started with uh, an agency partner. We had a, a pretty small team in China that did not have the digital expertise. They were, um, and this has been the case for me uh, many times coming into a B2B company. When you go to the digital side of, of marketing, you need a very different type of skill. You're looking for people that have a much deeper understanding of your target segments, your buyers, where they go for information before they call a salesperson, you know, what their pain points are, 
and what sorts of things inspire them to take action. Um, and in China, you need a, a team who really understands that that digital landscape. You know, which engines do you want to make investments on for paid search? Um, what types of um, ways, what kinds of ways do people want to engage with you once they're on your website? Do they prefer to call? Do they prefer to chat? Do they prefer to call you? Do they prefer to have you call them? Um, there were a lot, lots of unique pieces to the China digital that we wanted to make sure um, we understood from a local perspective. So uh, one of the first things that we did was bring on an agency partner there who worked very closely with the local team and with um, the global team, which I was leading at the time, to do our initial, our initial strategy for digital and for paid search in particular, um, and then actually built out the programs for us, um, you know, worked with us to define our set of keywords, our bidding strategy, put our campaigns together, wrote our ad copy, actually built to our landing pages, and then connected them all into our Salesforce system so that we had a way very quickly, right from the beginning, really, to measure the impact of those investments that we were making um, and giving us the ability to figure out how did we need to adjust or optimize those programs to get a good return on investment. Is the data that comes out of China in any way, shape, or form different? Did you have to use a, a different Ouija board <laughs> to to read <laughs> the tea leaves that were coming out of China? I'm just curious because I've never seen the data, so I'm, I'm actually honestly yeah. interested for myself. Right. Google Analytics is available in China. At the time, we were um, working hard to make sure that we were using common platforms across our teams globally so that we had consistency in the way that we were measuring things so that we could compare things across regions and um, making sure we were making apples to apples comparisons um, in, in leveraging the learning we were getting from each of the regions to help the other teams learn and go quickly too. Um, but in China, we did make some exceptions to that general practice or approach of using common platforms. We ended up using a tool called Chinalytics and it was it is a platform that our agency built themselves. Um, it gave us the deep insight we needed into what was working, what wasn't working, and it gave us a confidence in the data that we really didn't have from any of the other tools that were available to us. And in fact, that same platform is one that my current company is using today for the very same reason. So the platforms are a little bit different. I think one other important thing to say though is that the way we measured the program, the, the KPIs that we chose, the key performance indicators that we chose to measure ourselves with and to use to optimize those programs were the same. So that there's a fundamental there in how we managed those programs that we didn't change. And I think it's a really important one, no matter where you're operating in the world. A lot of times I find digital agencies want to optimize a paid search program or a digital program on a cost per click. And what we pushed very hard to do um, was measure 
the end result. So it wasn't just the cost per click or a cost per impression. It was the cost per lead and then, you know, where we were actually converting those leads into revenue. When we measured it that way, deeper into the funnel with results metrics, it it changed the way that we the, the way that we did our bidding strategy. It changed some of the keywords we bid on. It changed some of the the ad copy and the landing pages that we promoted because the terms and the, the ads that drive the traffic don't always give you the best results when it comes down to the to the sale. So that was a big learning for us um, in China. It's also a learning for us elsewhere in the world, but it just so happened that our China partner was very much on board with that approach to measuring deeper into the funnel than what their own, you know, China analytics or Google analytics tools would let them see. We had to partner up and share our data so that they could marry up the, um, the stuff you get from China analytics with all the backend detail that comes out of a CRM system like Salesforce. I'm wondering how much that has reverse impacted your company, because I think a lot of North American or Western Marcom activities, they generally operate on the assumption that there are the standard percentages in play. And that if you achieve certain amount of attention, that will necessarily translate into a certain result. So that I don't think they necessarily go that deep to the results um, at the actual revenue level, because they make a lot of assumptions based off of, well, if we get like this and the standard in the industry standard is that, then we should be seeing this on a number. We don't really need to go and measure that. And they get a little bit lazy. Did you find that, that China turned you on your head a little bit with regards to that? It was something, it's a philosophy of both of the companies where I've worked that you should be able to measure the impact of marketing. You don't have to assume you should really be able to measure it all the way through to revenue. So there's a rigor and a discipline around defining the right metrics and making sure that you can track all the way through mm -hmm. from a click to mm -hmm. a sale. Um, and so we, we've implemented that everywhere, but, and we implemented it in China too. The team there was, um, again, eager to learn, eager to test and experiment. So they were very much on board with, with taking that approach and bringing it to life in China. And again, as I mentioned with our agency partner, um, they understood the value of tracking it deeper as well, because being able to show results to a sales team or a general manager in the units of measure that are most important to them is the way to get people bought in to a new strategy and a new approach that is uncomfortable for them or, or is something different. It, it's something that's perceived as a bit of a risk. When we could show the results in dollars, that's when people started to get on board. How much of a disconnect would you say there is between the global head offices in the U.S. and the on-ground demands in China and managing the team in China? Yeah, th there, there are some disconnects there. I, I think quite often a global team, a global marketing team, um, does have a philosophy that we build things one time and share them out across the region. There's 
value in, in there's an efficiency in selecting common platforms and building common approaches and applying them everywhere. Um, there's a danger when you follow that principle very strictly in China because there are reasons there um, to leverage different platforms, to leverage different tools. Um, Chinalytics is one example, hosting your website inside um, inside China versus um, as part of a global hosting strategy. That's something that's very important to do in China. Um, looking at different tools in China, um, chat tools, social platforms. There, there are a lot of things in China that are different and unique. And I think the danger for a global team is to come into China thinking, We've done this before. We've been very successful in North America. We've been very successful in Europe. We're going to take that same recipe and roll it out in China. You can do that, I think, with the fundamentals. There's some principles about how to set up digital programs, knowing who your target is, um, knowing how to write copy that appeals to their pain points, all of those, fun knowing what KPIs to measure with your program, all those fundamentals are good things to share. Um, with a local team, but then you really need to kind of back out and let that team take those principles and fundamentals and tailor them to the unique platforms, the unique um, considerations that are at play in China. Um, you kind of have to get out of the way and let them do that testing and experimenting um, because they will do it faster usually than you can keep up. So as long as you have the right KPIs and, and a process for evaluating those with the team, helping them to learn when you know one of the metrics goes red, what are the potential reasons for it to be red? Where do you problem solve? Where do you probe to find a way to improve the program? Um, you want to teach some of those pieces, but really you need to back out and, and let the team manage to those local requirements and and learn and grow on their own. I was going to say, like, how in the weeds are you usually able to be? You know, how, how close to the activities are you are you allowed to be, um, given your, your knowledge um, of, you know, your own local landscape? And how that differs from your team in China? Because, you know, we talked about keeping the same fundamentals, but then when we get into the weeds of, of SEO or copywriting, understanding the needs of or the pain points um, of our customers, I'm imagining that those differ quite a bit. And, and given that you're probably not that familiar with that at a very deep, deep level in China. So I'm wondering how you're managing your team and how much did you have to take yourself out of the equation or take yourself out of the way from maybe some of the areas that you're usually a little bit, say, more participative in? Yeah, it's it's tough, um, especially when you're you're interested in in seeing a good result and seeing it quickly. And I've I've done it both ways, Todd, where I've gotten really in the weeds with the team and was on calls with them on a weekly basis and really trying to guide and direct and review things. Um, but I think my learning over the last few years is that you, you have to back out a little bit more than that um, to allow the team to learn and grow. And there are just some practical considerations about being on the phone um, in different, very different time zones and um, 
you know, a lot of the time if you're reviewing copy, you're asking somebody to translate it into English just so you can look at it, um, which isn't which isn't practical for, for the team. So in China, for me, it's more about that upfront sharing the standard work, sharing the the philosophy for selecting keywords, sharing the the approach, the way you've done that in other regions and showing examples, um, and then giving them the opportunity to take that same approach, that same recipe, and and try it in their market. Um, and I think as long as you set up the metrics the right way and understand what would happen if you had a bad message, then you can work with them to figure out, is that ad copy working or not? You know, if you tell somebody um, the more the more relevant your message is, the more likely you're going to get clicks, and the more likely it is that your clicks are going to convert to leads. If you have a landing page that also speaks to those same pain points and has a call to action that's really compelling, if you help your team understand what metrics they should expect to see going up as they improve that copy, you're helping them understand how to monitor whether they're doing a good job or not and what number they watch as they do A-B testing or modify copy or modify landing page designs, um, that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's got to be more about the teaching of the how versus the, the exact what. Sure. And I'm sure they're probably doing a lot of teaching in reverse of how things are done there to achieve those things. I think if you keep the fundamentals of the numbers and the results the same, set the results bar where it needs to be for your company to operate effectively where, uh, where they want to, then, then you create the landscape or the arena for them to have that trial and error ability, um, give them some, some resources to be able to, to do that, to figure out what that means, um, or how that can be achieved in their market, in their way, uh, and kind of let them lose to go do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other, the, an interesting dynamic there is that when the marketing team starts to engage with their sales counterparts or their their application engineers to do those kinds of experiments, um, it starts to build an awareness and appreciation among the salespeople and the applications people about what the marketing team is trying to do. And usually those teams get very interested in participating in those activities. Mm -hmm. So it, it gets to be um, – and a really interesting and invaluable way to drive that partnership between sales and marketing and, and help the two teams work more closely together and appreciate each other's expertise. I know that some of the best organizations operate um, when both sales and marketing walk up to the big gong in the office to, to bang it on a, on a big win at the same time. Right. And, and a lot of times, if you were to look on the floor and see marketing and sales are celebrating wins at, at different times, you know that you've got a bit of an issue. So trying to blend those two together, was that um, more or less or just differently difficult in China? Does that make any I, sense? <laughs> no, it, it ma no, it makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting on your question. I, I think in China, it may have been... I, like I to bring sales and marketing into, onto the same team. Yeah, 
together to talk to each other and and work together, Mm -hmm. which is so Mm -hmm. historically difficult. Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, there's lots of spoofs and and funny videos (laughs) about the stereotypes of sales and marketing. And they're funny because you do see them all the time in, in real situations. I think getting the teams to work together is always one of the most difficult things. And especially as you're starting a digital program, um, there's always the risk that the sales team see the marketing activity to generate leads as a bit of a competitor to what they're doing. Um, So to work with them to build these programs from the ground up is one important way to get their buy-in early on and make it feel like a partnership, one where sales input and expertise is essential. Um, and, and the marketing work is really an extension of what the sales team has been doing. It's just, you know, the marketing activity can go after more people and the less sure bets in a more cost-effective way than the sales team ever could. So I think those workshops, Todd, where you're doing those exercises to figure out what are the keywords that people search on when they're looking for our products um, and getting sales input to that and then and getting again their input to craft ad copy that sounds like something they would say to somebody that asked them the question about what do you have or hey I'm trying to solve this problem um, you're, you're really trying to take what a salesperson does every day and, and translate that into the keyword the ad copy the landing page copy I think getting their buy-in to those programs and workshopping them with them, it, it definitely helps to um, helps them build their understanding of what the marketing team is trying to do and helps them see the value that it can deliver to them and what they're doing. Were you a part of the hiring of the team in China? Yes, I was in partnership with the, the local GM. Okay. Can you give us a little bit of tips or advice or insight or um, some even some anecdotes of, of what what that looked like. How did you manage to source and interview and decide on who you wanted on your team in China? So I've, yeah, I've had the opportunity to hire a few folks into the two teams that I've worked with in China. Normally, writing up a job description, we have been able to use a, a job description for a digital position that we could use elsewhere in the world. So the, the requirements for the role um, are usually similar enough that we can use that same job description. Um, when it comes to finding someone with the right skill, um, I've been fortunate in, in that we've always had um, a number of candidates to choose from that have the right digital background that speak both Mandarin and English fairly well. Um, what sometimes can be a bit tricky to find is somebody that brings in that digital expertise um, and has the creative marketing side of 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 what we need them to do, uh, but also has a passion for managing these programs to the numbers or the metrics. So with digital, there's always a need for both a creative element and and um, kind of a numbers analytical side of managing the programs. Um, so as I said, so I, I sometimes find it difficult to find somebody who brings in that passion for 
tracking the results of a program and having that discipline around um, looking at those numbers on a regular basis and using them to prioritize which problems they want to solve and um, where they need to focus their efforts to keep optimizing. Um, I think the other skill that can sometimes be tough to find is somebody who is willing to push the envelope, um, advocate for doing things differently inside the company. Um, and they have to do that engaging with the GM and engaging with usually very tenured salespeople who are much more comfortable with the old way of marketing than they are with the digital. So there's, you know, kind of bringing that, um, that grit, um, that, that passion for pushing um, an approach that might not be popular and, and convincing other people to try something different, having that um, confidence and that um, proactive um, part of a personality can be tough to find. The last thing I wanted to ask is something I ask of a lot of our guests. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody looking to do business in China? I think the biggest thing is something we talked about a little bit already, which is um, to appreciate the differences in China. I think you don't want to go in assuming you know how to be successful there. You definitely can bring the fundamentals and you have you have a lot to share with a local team who's interested in, in building your business with digital. Um, but you absolutely need the right partner to guide you in how to take those fundamentals and choose the right platforms, the right strategies for China to make sure that you're going to accomplish your goals in China. And you need a local team that's going to hook that partner up with your local sales um, and other internal partners to really integrate that marketing with the other areas of the business to make it most successful. Elizabeth, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, wants to hire you, wants to follow you, want to tweet you, want to share your content, want to like anything you post, where might they be able to find you? Yeah, I'd be most interested in speaking with anybody who's really passionate on this topic. And um, you can definitely reach out to me via LinkedIn. All right. That's Elizabeth Campbell, Senior Director, Global Marketing Communications at Cole Morgan. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. It was brilliant. Thanks, Todd. It was my pleasure. Really enjoyed talking with you. Growing a company is hard. Doing it in a foreign market? Exponentially so. The best piece of advice I can give you is not to do it alone. When you start looking across the pond for further expansion possibilities, and I sincerely hope that you do, make sure you choose the right partners to do it with. My good friends at WPIC Marketing and Technologies have almost 20 years of experience helping brands just like yours enter China. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Negotiation, and if you're interested in being a guest or want to connect with me or any of our team, please reach out to us at podcast at WPIC.co and be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Zai Ding.